What's up, everybody? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to come close up like that. Not creep you out. Coming to you live from my parents' house. We got episode eight of Late Night Stories. Late Night Stories. What the hell is this in here? There's probably a lot of new people here. So I just want to welcome you real quick before we get into Late Night Stories. Uh, stories of La Noche, if you speak Spanish. But anyway, hell is this segment what is going on where's the after show because that's probably what we're all expecting i decided to take a little break from the after show this week uh you know it was i felt the i felt the staleness of it a little bit i I felt like i was repeating myself a lot and i feel like my diatribes and rants are getting really annoying so i was like why not let the other people get to know you on kind of a different level and so i decided yo let me write a late night story uh no but the truth is like behind the late night story one of my coworkers was like you should write a late night story it's been a while since you did that uh why don't you do it anymore and i was like yeah why don't i do it anymore i didn't really have a good reason and so i wrote one and now we're here um nah but listen i Wanted to try something new uh, instead of the after show stuff and maybe tell a little bit of a story, maybe have a little bit more fun than we usually do. Um, And yeah, I feel like what I do normally on this segment or on this show, I guess, late night stories, is I just sit back and I tell you guys a story that I wrote and it's supposed to be like a bedtime story. So usually like when you're going to bed uh, or if it's late at night and it's dark and you really don't have anything to listen to and you're an adult and you're above, you know, the age of 16 or whatever, and you can listen to this. Uh, it's supposed to just help you go to sleep. And so I it's late at night when I'm recording this um, <laughs> and I thought I would I would uh, give you guys a little late night story. So let me read it. So I handwrite all of these stories. They're based on stuff that's happened in my life. They're based on life experiences. Maybe a little bit is embellished, maybe not, but you'll have to see. And uh, without further ado, uh, number eight of the late night stories. And this story is called A Date, Molly, and Fireball. So do with that what you will. Um the title's actually subject to change, to be honest. So it might be different in the uh, in the title, in the YouTube title or the Spotify title, wherever you may be listening to this. Anyway, let's get into the story because this is a really fun one, and uh, I want you guys to hear it. Written by me, yours truly, Anuj Changavi. Okay, let's go. <sighs> you know those stories that are super random that you kind of think about in your head a lot of the times, and you're like, damn. This would make a really perfect TV show episode. Like, I could be on How I Met Your Mother with this episode that's in my head that literally happened in my life. Yeah. So, this story I'm about to tell you is is one of those. Uh, The way this whole night came together is so random, but so perfect at the same time. And quite honestly, it sums up uh, my one year of in-person college and what it was actually like. And for those of you that don't know, yes, I went to in-person college for a year. So let's get into it. Because I was recently reminded of this story when I was going through my desk at home. I was doing a little bit of organizing in my desk. Uh, And if you guys remember, on one of the late night stories, I talked about how I keep letters. And I keep pretty much every single handwritten note. Um, 
that I've ever received. And in this one, in, in when I was digging through my desk, I found this Valentine that was addressed to me. And the memories of this story just came flooding back. So I felt the need to just write it all down. And I figured, let me tell the story because it's a really good one. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. So let's do it. Let's do it. I know I've been hyping this up for about five minutes now, so I apologize. But it's February of 2020. And <laughs> for those of you that knew me in February of 2020, knew that I was an incredibly different person than who I am in April of 2022. <laughs> I feel like all of us, to a certain extent, uh, can get with this. In some ways, I was way more experienced. I thought I, uh, I was way better, uh, you know, in some ways. But also, in a lot of other ways, I was super emotionally immature. I didn't know the first thing about dating. Yet, I was way too embarrassed to ask my sibling or any of my friends back home for advice because that was just the stage of life that I was in. You want to make it seem like you had it all figured out, but in reality, you didn't know shit and you were just scared to ask because people were going to judge you and it could come off really bad and you were worried about what people thought. I was 19, don't judge me, and I was insecure as hell back then, even though it was like two years ago. I know, I understand, I understand that I'm dating myself a little bit, but it's cool because you have to understand something about this story. Uh, the kid who is in this story didn't talk to women like period and my high school existence was me just trying to talk to girls behind my phone and i would hide and when it came to the in-person interactions I, I was better than it i was better at in-person interactions than my peers but that didn't say much because my peers were hella awkward and they still are um and i was just expecting to get rejected all around that's just what my nature was i just had no confidence in myself so I guess there was no point in me trying, right, with girls, I guess. Uh, and it was also the first time, this around this time, February 2020, was really the first time I'd ever had real success with girls, whatever that, whatever you want to quantify that as, because they actually really seemed to like vibe with me. It wasn't just me hiding behind my phone screen and making sure that they didn't know who I was, but I was having conversations and it wasn't awkward. That was huge, right? Because somewhere, somehow, myself, my awkward ass personality, this kid from the Bay Area, tall, awkward Indian kid, was having success talking to girls. And trust me, I was shocked. And I was just as shocked as you probably are listening to this. But anyway, out of this weird dating renaissance I was going through, I hadn't been on an actual date. It had just been a lot of talking mixed in with what I like to call flirting at that time. Uh, and it always, <laughs> and every story I tell, I feel like always starts in class and this one's no different. So fuck me, but <laughs> damn it. Anyway, for the sake of the story, the girl that I had taken a fancy to was named Nicole. And Nicole was everything that Anuj was into at the time. She's a free spirit. Uh, an English major, and she smoked a fuck ton of weed. And I thought that was so attractive. I thought that was so cool. I really did. Nicole had this air of mystery about her. She had this like era, air that like, I don't care. I'm just doing my thing. I'm going with the flow and I'm just partying and I'm a bro. And I love that. I thought it was so freaking attractive. I thought it was so cool. I love that vibe at the time. That was who I was. Do with that what you will. 
But for some reason, Nicole brought out this weird side of me, the side where I was openly flirting. And I'm talking like full on flirting, Changavi game, whatever that may be. And it was pretty fucking weird because I had never done that before. I didn't think I was capable of that behavior ever, right? I'm a nude, awkward, Changavi show kid who probably got called bulgy more times than I could ever count. And I was falling for the stoner princess hard. I was like flirting. I was doing everything. And suddenly I just became like the certified lover boy that Drake talks about in his albums. Yeah, it was pretty weird. And I was laying the game down hard. I was laying down game. But the thing is, the weirdest part of the whole situation is she was actually reciprocating. She was actually kind of into it. It was crazy. It was so weird because there's probably going to be a lot of people that don't believe me, right? They're going to be like, yo, like, what are you talking about? Like, you're tripping. No way. But ask all my friends who were in class with me. She was into it. Okay. If you don't believe me. Anyway, Valentine's Day was around the corner. And there was a party going down in my dorm building. So I wanted to ask Nicole out. So I need, I came up with a plan and I wanted to enact it. I couldn't even tell you how nervous I was before that class, during that class, even after the class, because I spent my dorm room for the two hours before debating whether to text my brother for advice or a friend. But again, I was too nervous. Point of advice for my people listening to this who are younger. Ask your friends, your close friends, and your siblings for advice. It's probably going to help you. Don't be me. Anyway, this is an experience that I needed to have on my own, right? I just needed to ask her the magic question and move on. That's it. That would be the end of the conversation. To be honest, the way I think I got hyped up for this moment in my life was I watched the 49ers Super Bowl highlights until the fourth quarter, of course, because you can't watch past the fourth quarter, and told myself... Worst case, I end up like my favorite football team and just come up short. So nothing that bad could happen, right? I mean, we'll see. <laughs> so class ends and I'm walking her back to her dorm. I'd been doing this for like a month now. This was like my version of game. Uh, college flirting advice. If you want to spend more time with someone you like, walk them back to their dorm, their apartment, whatever. Just talk, vibe. It's the little things, guys. But also, who the fuck am I to be giving advice? I'm sitting here in my literal parents' house. Uh, two, two years later, fucking talking about this story, like it's like the greatest thing since sliced bread. Anyway, we get back to her dorm. Okay, I give her a hug, put on the moves, and she's walking inside, and she's she's about to leave, and I ask her real quick. I'm like Nicole, um, so <laughs> there's a Valentine's Day dance happening in my dorm. And uh, I was wondering if uh, maybe you wanted to come and uh, dance with me. Maybe I don't know. She looks back at me, cuts me off in my awkward pause. She's laughing and she smiles back and she's like, it's a date. <laughs> I've never been more hyped. It was probably one of the crazy, like, hypest moments uh, of of that point up until that point of my dating life, I guess it was pretty fucking cool. I felt good. I felt good. It was the, it was the nicest walk back I'd had to my dorm building for a while. I was walking across the quad feeling myself. I think I was playing feeling myself by Mac Dre. I was, I was feeling good, man. I was feeling good, but that was like the start, right? Because there's a whole separate layer to this story. Fast forward of the day, fast forward to Valentine's day, the biggest Hallmark holiday of all time. But this time this year I had a date. This wasn't Singles Awareness Day. This wasn't sad. This was Valentine's Day. Love was in the air. 
I had a little pep in my step. I felt a little swaggy, as the kids say these days. I was dancing a little bit. Changavi was go. I got a text from Nicole, <laughs> and it said, "Hey, I'm not feeling too great. I think I'm gonna have to rain check on tonight." Sorry. Fuck me, bro. I was like, damn, damn, bro. I really got the ghost treatment. That was it. That was it. The new Shingabi dating experience done. Over. Shit. Shit. I don't recommend you do what I did next, but I did it. And it's a super unhealthy way to handle your problems, but it is a way to handle your problems. I drank. I drank a lot. It was Fireball and Mountain Dew Code Red as Chase. Please, I highly caution you to never, ever, ever do that. Drink Fireball and Mountain Dew Chase uh, and uh, Mountain Dew Code Red. It's horrible. I had too much sugar. It was the most sugar I've probably ever had in my life. It was so painfully sweet that I'm pretty sure I still have medical problems and permanent sh blood sugar increases from that situation. But in short, don't drink Fireball. It's disgusting. And don't chase it with something even sweeter. Please don't be don't be a dumbass like me. It's it's not the smartest thing. Anyway, I get to the Valentine's Day party and I'm a little gone. I'm talking to a few of my friends. I was dancing. I was vibing. I was having a good time. Nothing crazy. Just me hanging out with the friends, having a good time. You know, a uh, little little drunk on on Fireball, having, you know, swaying along to whatever music was playing. But that, the alcohol started to fade a little bit. You know, it was, uh, it was, it'd been, it had been a minute since I drank all those shots. It'd been, I'd started to forget about Nicole, but I got a tap on my shoulder. Anuj, you're on duty. Let me explain what duty is real quick, because basically the way our college dorm worked was that you could have parties in the dorm. You could actually have parties in your dorm base, dorm building. Um, but you had to have people on duty at all times, meaning that they had to be sober and that they were, you know, constantly watching for suspect behavior and, you know, taking care of people, uh, making sure everybody knew where everything was, whatever. The thing is, no one could actually check if you were sober. So you could get away with faking it for a bit, you know, depending on what your level was. But I was pretty sober at this point. I'm really good at controlling my level. So it sucked, but it sucked because, you know, you, you could you had to put you were partying with your friends and you kind of got pulled away from that so uh you kind of because you had to watch everybody else so and make sure no one else is making dumb choices you know how it is at college parties people making dumb choices all the time don't make stupid choices my college kids come on so anyway within like two minutes someone tells me that some person was throwing up outside and being the person on duty i had to take care of that individual so i go upstairs and i see this girl in the corner throwing up and so, like, naturally, you go over there just to, like, make sure they were okay. And no one was outside. So it was pretty, it was pretty isolate, isolated. And uh, she was in a pretty bad shape. Like, she was throwing up. Like, she did not look good. Um, <laughs> she, her face was just kind of sunken. So I, I grabbed her some water, do basically, you know, what the common good Samaritan would do if someone was drunk or, you know, inebriated or under the influence. And you do the typical things that you do to help someone. You know, you, you call their roommates. You call their friends. But I called, you know, I used her phone and called her roommates and stuff, but they were on the other side of campus. Uh, you know, there was, I could barely hear them. There was a loud party. They were like, you know, uh, we'll be there soon. And there was pretty much no one there. So I kind of just sat outside with this girl who was, you know, squatting pretty much in the dirt. And I was just like, <laughs> we were, I was just sitting there and it was, it was cold. 
because keep in mind, this is February in the desert. So it gets real cold. It was like 30 something out there. Uh, and I was, I was not happy as a California kid. That was a little, that was, that was freezing for me. Anyway, after a bit of her, you know, rushing to the bush to throw up and feeling a little bit better, a little more cognizant of her surroundings, I asked her, Hey, what's your name? You know, basic information. I didn't even know her name. She looked up at me <laughs> and I'll never forget this. She had the most glazed look in her eye and she half screamed and half cried. And she was like, Molly, <laughs> damn. That was the weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing ever. And we sit in silence for like a couple minutes because that's what it was awkward. Um, and at this point, where there's like a few people up there that are checking up on us, making sure you know everything was okay. And I was just you know, saying like it's fine. You know, she's just recovering. And all of a sudden, this girl looks right at me, dead in my eyes, glazed look in her face. She's still a little sunken, still like crying a little bit, uh, but she's she's doing better. And she starts rapping. She's like, "Palms are sweaty, arms are heavy," and I'm like what the hell is going on and she's silent for a couple seconds and then she like looks back at me and she's like eminem you don't know him and i'm like <laughs> and i laugh and i respond and i'm like yeah he's one of my favorite rappers and she says the line again and she's like palms are sweaty knees weak arms are heavy and i look at her and i respond and i'm like there's vomit on a sweater already she looks at me and we had that moment that like every millennial and Gen Z person has when you lock eyes with someone and you yell the two words most synonymous with Marshall Mathers' career. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Mom Spaghetti! Mom Spaghetti! Yeah. Um, and then we proceeded to rap the entire song of Lose Yourself line by line. And then Lose Yourself turned into Till I Collapse, which turned into Without Me. And eventually, Molly tried to show me that she could rap Rap God. And trust me when I say this, if I had recorded her rendition of Rap God and put it on social media, she would have been viral on Barstool Sports within a matter of an hour and a half. I guarantee you. It was the worst attempt I've ever seen at Rap God in my life. We don't talk about that. Anyway, eventually at her, after her attempt of rapping Rap God, her friends showed up and thanked me for staying with her until they got there. And I remember saying, oh, you know, Molly, she wasn't that bad. You know, she was just a little drunk, so I stayed with Molly. They looked at me confused. They looked at me with the most puzzling looks in, her, in their eyes. The, one of her friends looked at me with the same glazed look that Molly had. And she was like, her name is Alex. And we all tripped on Molly. They laughed and they walked away. Probably called me a dumbass. Uh, and I couldn't help but smile because I was like, what the hell just happened? And then I got the joke and I was like, oh she was yelling that she was like tripping on molly and like i guess it wasn't a good trip so i thought her name was molly but it's not it, it was not molly she was doing molly so that wasn't good uh but <laughs> her name was alex anyway the next day i woke up with a pulsating headache because the fireball uh got to me and i didn't drink enough water drink water next time when you're drinking guys uh and i i opened my dorm room door i found a heart-shaped piece of paper outside my door i pick it up and i have it right here right here this is the heart this is the heart-shaped piece of paper that inspired this entire story this little thing uh and there's a message on the inside so let me read it to you real quick it says anuj not sure if i spelled your name right we just met but you're funny and happy valentine's day heart Alex. So she wrote me this little message. 
it was outside my dorm room door. She left it there. And yeah, that's pretty much what happened. And in terms of Nicole, that thing just kind of fizzled out. COVID hit and, you know, things happen. Shit happens. Life happens. You, you move on. But anyway, what's funny is I haven't talked to either one of these girls in this story for pretty much like two years. I don't know where the hell they are. I, I mean, social media helps. But one of them, from what I can tell, just graduated. Uh, she's doing really well. She's got a boyfriend, so good for her. Fantastic, doing pretty well in the world. From all my friends, is telling me she's doing good. The ones that still go to school there, uh, and the other one is traveling the world. <laughs> my Alex is traveling the world. She's uh, she's been in London, Paris, like all sorts of places, and she's having a great time. She's doing amazing. Um, so I just want to make it very clear that like, good for the both of them. They're doing great. That's all that matters. I wish them absolutely nothing but the best. Uh, I hope life treats them both well, it seems to be. And, uh, you know, I hope that continues for them. And I want to make this very clear. Like, I, I this isn't a, like, yes, was this story about me trying to get a date with Nicole for Valentine's Day? Absolutely. But at the same time, like, not really. This was just a fun, like, story that just all kind of came together on this one night. And it was just so random and funny. Um, and I haven't told a lot of people the full story because I told them all in parts. I tell everybody the Molly part. I don't, everyone thinks the Molly part's really funny. Um, and it is, I, it's just one of my funnier stories that I have, but the more I think about it, it's, it's really a great TV show episode. I would love to see this on TV one day. Uh, if I can film it, it would be funny as hell. Uh, it's a really good story. It's a funny one. Um, and I just, it just, I've been watching a lot of how I met your mother recently. So it kind of reminded me of one of those moments of like, uh you know bringing it all together and um and just like an episode of a tv show that kind of just all all came together it had romance it had drugs it had <laughs> at throwing up it had a bad time it had a good time so it all combined together but who knows maybe one day i could possibly end one of these stories by telling you guys and kids that's how i met my wife or and chang gang that's how i met my wife right i don't know um <laughs> I highly doubt it. Uh, hopefully it goes on this long. Hopefully it goes on so long that I can tell you all the stories of my life uh, on late night stories. But anyway, this story isn't supposed to be that. But it isn't supposed to be one of those, you know, stories of romance and love and all that. It's just a funny one. And uh, I, I really enjoyed telling. So that's the story of Molly, Fireball and a date how all three of those things connect together of course with Eminem as well but anyway that is all i got so thank you guys so much for tuning in i appreciate all of you that listened to this story i hope you have a great night i hope you have um whenever you're listening to this i hope you have a great day uh i hope this story cheered you up a little bit i hope it was a good time uh, to just hang out and listen to me talk about how i wrapped lose yourself until i collapse with a girl uh, outside while she was tripping on Molly. But anyway, if you guys like this type of content, feel free to hit the like button um, on YouTube. If you're on Spotify, feel free to hit the follow button. Uh, my links are going to be down below for social media. So you can go follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook now, TikTok. I got, I'm everywhere. We everywhere now, baby. So go follow me wherever you are comfortable with. I try to post on all of them. I'm really unactive on Twitter, but I'm trying to be better. Anyway, that is all I got. Feel free to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. Feel free to just participate in this community because we're going to be doing a lot more of these. And if you guys like the late night stories, feel free to let me know. If you don't, tell me how bad the story is. Anyway, that is all I have. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to this story of mine. Um, Nicole, Alex, if you're watching, <laughs> no ill will. Um, this was so fun to write and reminisce. So thank you guys so much. I appreciate all of you uh, for listening. And uh, good night. Have a great one. Peace.